Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people with dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Daryl Hammond started carving out a career for himself with voiceover work in Orlando after graduating from the University of Florida in the late 1970s. More than a decade later, a Chance Clinton impersonation during a performance at Caroline's scored him his fateful third times of the charm audition for SNL in 1995. And more than two decades after that, he's still hanging around 30 Rock, now providing the lead-in voiceover intros for SNL. And he's just put out the audio narration of his 2011 memoir, God, If You're Not Up There, I'm Effed. Hammond has also narrated an Audible original called That's Clinton, recorded live at the Comedy Cellar, and is performing it in a special all-star cast reading of the script Have a Nice Day, recorded live in New York City for Audible, with Billy Crystal, Kevin Klein, Annette Benning, Robin Thede, and more, and a dark comedy about a president trying to save his marriage and his country at the same time. I got the chance to talk to Daryl, so let's get to it! Hello, Daryl. Yeah. Hey, this is Sean McCarthy calling. Hello, Sean. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I, I know we're, we're supposed to talk to, about Audible, but first I wanted to congratulate you also on the new Comedy Dynamics special. <coughs> yeah. I, I don't know that much about it. I, I, um, I've kind of forgotten about it because... You know, you do a project and you move to the next one, and that was over a year ago. But I understand it's playing in a lot of places, some of them pretty high places. Yeah, Mayhem Explained came out this week all over the place. What's that? <laughs> the special came out all over the place. I think everywhere but Netflix. Okay. <laughs> but um, but but thank you for, for thank you for taking some time with me. I pre- really appreciate it. What's up? So. You know, I'm, I'm curious about how you feel about kind of your career starting to come full circle since some of your earliest work was in voiceovers, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, that's how I started. What, what, were those, what were those first jobs you were getting? They were in Florida, right? Yeah, I mean, I did radio shows um, for free. <laughs> I, I did a radio show for WDVH, a country station in Orlando, about the Florida Gator football team. I did um, when I was in Melbourne um, at the age of, you know, between like 17 and 19, me and my friend Ken Sherrick would literally write our own commercials, drive around to local businesses and sell them in the store, and then do them for like $20 or $25 or in, in most cases we did them for free because we wanted to build a resume um, well, you know the audible you know I did my book on tape and it did pretty well I guess but this is especially delightful um, to be a, a part of a story and a cast such a phenomenal cast and, you know written by Billy Crystal this right. is really really a good a good thing you know but well how, did, how does it feel to, to 
to to realize and to know that that audio recordings, even with all the advances in technology, that that people can still be interested in in products like this. Well, it's it, again. I use the word. It's delightful to know that I wouldn't have suspected it. But then you know, I uh, last year I lived in Los Angeles and everybody listened to audible books or podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has planes they have to take. Everyone has time in traffic. You know, lots of time in traffic, and then this time at the gym, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, this is pretty damn great. This is this is a very cool thing, and it's something I love to do. You know, I'm I'm uh, we start rehearsal for the Billy Crystal thing on Saturday, and you know, I've amassed all my primary source material, and I'm going through all of it um what is your role well i play a principal a senator and a butler okay a white house white house butler have you figured so, out have you figured out the different inflections and tones for each of those characters i'm probably going to prepare about 15 people <laughs> and then go into rehearsal and take direction and okay. uh, you know adjust as needed mm-hmm. but i I'm thinking of people, um, I'm thinking of characters that could, for instance, the butler could also be the principal, you know, right. I, what now I'm trying to figure out is what am I going to do for a state senator? I, I was on Capitol Hill last week having meetings about um, that opioid bill that just passed with, you know, Senator Durbin and Heidi Heitkamp and some others and um that was one of the that was one of the few uh pieces of bipartisan legislation that's recently gotten through yeah well what i went to talk to everyone about was um that um trauma causes is the number one cause of addiction so true i'm not i'm not sure what the final version of the bill was but there were, the bill that I saw had provisions in it for um, um, adult adv- uh, children advocacy centers and outreach programs to help to reach children before they had uh, in abusive homes. Oh, that's great! Before they had complex PTSD, which once you get that, you know you're sitting duck for every kind of ailment imaginable later on in life. So I, I imagine you testified personally on your own behalf with these. Senators. Yeah, and not only that, I, you know, I met with the National Suicide Prevention Center. I met with the, the National Children's Alliance. And I said to them, listen, is there any way I can help? I mm-hmm. mean, speak. You want me to speak at an, an event? Or is, is there some way I can help you? Um, you know, I've never been on, I've never been in these meetings before. Um, did did they take you up on the offer? They haven't yet, but I offered. Okay. Like, is there something I can do if there? If, if, I don't know. I don't know. I don't quite know how Capitol Hill works, but <laughs> I th- uh, I, th- I think article. I think in October 2018 nobody knows how Capitol Hill works. So. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there was an article that the Washington Post wrote about it last week, for instance. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it. I don't know if I ever get in a room with those people again I'm going to bring um, some experts with me to help sort of sell my point but on the other hand it was 
it was pretty darn exciting to be there. Right. You know? I remember especially I to be especially for that topic. You know? Right. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I remember going to a um a rally in D.C. a few years ago for facing addiction, and they were fortunate enough at the time not just to have kind of celebrity star power in terms of people in recovery, but they also had the support of the, at the time, the Surgeon General. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it's like now. I, I'm not really sure either, but that opioid bill um, was something they've been kicking around, you know, from committee to committee for mm-hmm. a, a year now, and both parties have been working on it for a while it's yeah. pretty darn exciting um it was really cool to be to be there and witness all of that as it went down i mean not as exciting as as performing on stage with billy crystal and kevin klein and Annette benning well i but... think that's more of a you know it's funny <laughs> that's more of a thrill but we we have to we have to have other things in life probably right. besides the thrilling moments because there aren't that many of them. But that that's just something that will be thrilling, I think. Now you also did a did a one off yourself for Audible. That's Clinton, which you recorded at the Comedy Cellar, correct? Well, I I wrote a book that was a bestseller, and I I I told stories from the book. Mm-hmm. Um at the Comedy Cellar and Audible recorded them and some of them were about Bill Clinton yeah alright but that but that's separate from the regular straightforward audiobook narration well I did the, I narrated my own book right um, which you also did the text right and um this is just a separate thing they it's it's like you can read this there are like 10 stories in the book you can just read them if you want but if you want to hear them read in front of a live audience that's all part, also part of the package yeah what do you what, in terms of audio productions what do you what do you feel the dynamic of the live audience adds to it versus just sitting in the booth I believe it makes the performances and, and, and the read, you know, because these are characters. We, all of our books have characters in them. Mm-hmm. My feeling is the live audience makes the characters more alive. Because, you know, they're feeding the performer or responding to them. Right. Um, it makes you larger and sharper. Because, um, you know, when you just read in a booth, after a while, you get into sort of a, a hypnotic state where. <laughs> You know, after four or five hours, you're like, I don't even know who I'm talking to. Who am I talking to? <laughs> Which is important since you're talking. Right. Your 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 audio book of your memoir is eight and a half hours long, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Here I am doing a monologue, but who am I talking to? <laughs> it, it makes a big difference. And um, Do you have any tricks for audience? dealing with that? What? Do you have any tricks for dealing that, with that kind of solo dynamic in the booth in terms of inviting friends or, or doing other things <clears throat> I pretended I was talking to you know I've probably done I don't know I would say there was 10 years where I did at least 300 sets a year at the comedy cellar right and I just pretended I was in in the basement again at the comedy cellar talking to people making sure that I at least sounded like every word was interesting to me because after a while you, you get hypnotized. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden you're just reading. 
yeah. instead of actually trying to make some sense of what you're talking about. I mean, the ideal would be that it sounds like this is the first time you've ever said these words. It's you're just discovering them as you say them. Right. Well, nothing, nothing puts you in that I, that ideal zone better than a live audience. Well, at least having a, having a full cast with you for this "Have a Nice Day" project will will be a lot different. Yes, it's like doing a play. Yeah, it's like the old the old radio plays. Nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. Those are pretty darn good. Now, uh, they're really great. <laughs> before before I let you go, when you said that you and your friend were selling your your demos. Uh, or your little sketches outside at like the grocery store and things. What format were you using back then? Thirty-second radio commercials. Okay. <laughs> we would make up these goofy characters, write the copy, mm-hmm. and go into uh, places like My Racket or Kelly Ford, and um, there was a waterbed place. I don't know. Did you have like a giant recorder or just a, a t- cassette tapes? What I, did you- I, I had a reel-to-reel recorder that I could I could um, put on <coughs> put on audio cassette too. So we would leave an audio cassette with the people, mm-hmm. and they were great. I mean, the commercials. You know, we worked hard at them. I, I don't, they weren't great commercials, and we weren't great in them. But the <coughs> they were okay commercials, and we were okay. And we obviously were just learning. I mean. Right. Whatever your talents are, you have to learn some techniques to apply them to the different mediums. So those were thirty-second radio commercials. What do you What do you think you and your friend would 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 make of all the technology at your disposal now? If you were a teenager now trying to get into the business, I think we would like to turn back the hands of time. <laughs> I, I think know, we all we had our teens back, which we had those twenties back with all this stuff. Yeah, but. Oh well. Oh well. Well, I, I appreciate you taking some time in the present to talk to me now. I thank you so much, Daryl. Thank you so much. Bye. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave. Logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.